This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. And it's just this maelstrom of features until finally it settles back into what we know as Penny. It's my damn skin. That's not work. It never, it doesn't work anymore. There is something called a book of lore. So our job is right now, we're, we're trying to search for it and find some kind of a map. Robin's son was taken by these spotted hand people. You hear that, robot? You hear that, Master Elf? Where we're going, there is no magic. Well, hey, Crusoe. Hey, yourself. Who the hell are you? Your mother sent us. Come on, we need to go back to our ship outside. We need to go now. The spotted hand, okay? I was stationed to watch a new shipment they were getting in, and that was it. For a plan, we were supposed to overtake it. I think I have a piece of the map, and we need to go get it in the holding. That works out pretty well, because we got to go find the Pharaon. That's how we're going to take this place down. last left off, you guys had just broken into Crusoe's cell, unlocked it, got him out, and Bertram, you were ready to just like spirit him away, get him to the ship, get him to safety, but he had a need to stay first. And so after making sure to thank you, (laughs) he also revealed to you guys that why he had been captured was because he had noticed that the spotted hand had a a very what seemed important item under their watch that they were just bringing in. And so he decided to try and steal it. And steal it he did and hide it away in his hood, but unfortunately was unable to escape. And so that's how he fell into the clutches of the spotted hand. And now it is really imperative that you assist him in getting his hood back because this just might be a portion of the map leading to the book of lore okay so just to refresh that part of it so none of you are in the cell with him yet you've opened the door you've heard that hey we need to go to the very place that they're holding this pharaoh what do you do what are you doing right now before we go, I think I would pull out the letter that I found with the list of prisoners in the few that were marked. And from what Valentine told us, it sounded like these people were marked for death, Crusoe being one of them. So I'd hold it out to Crusoe and say, um, Valentine here told us that these, these poor souls here are marked to be, to be killed later this evening. And, and there you are, as you see, your, your name marked for death. Do you know these other people? There's an, an Abbe Faria and, and someone else on here. Do you, do you know who they are? Do, do we need to save them as well? As soon as you say the name Abbe Faria, you hear this, like, this hiss from behind you, and Edmund rushes over and kind of grasps the paper from your hand, and, and scanning down, he sees that name with the dot next to it. What are you doing, Edmund? What are you doing? Didn't you read that earlier? I did not realize that is what the dot was for. This is true. You are supposed to be put to death tonight. And Crusoe merely just nods his head in the affirmative. This Abbe Faria, he... I would not have lasted as long as I did here if it were not for him. I need to find him and get them out. 
Do you, can I make a perception check? Do I sense sexual tension? <laughs> I just want to make you roll for that. I rolled a two. I mean, no, but but you was a six. you well. In fact, with such a low roll, you don't, but you want it to be there so bad that that is Could just be. how you are going to be choosing to read into the situation. I'm looking at him like, wow, okay, all right. You're like this person and and Penelope and that uh, Mercedes person. Dang, Edmund, this get is scandalous. <laughs> uh, and I want each of you to do a, a sec- another. So all of you will do this, but I want each of you to do a perception check for me. Twenty-two. That was an unnatural one. <laughs> oh, oh, unnatural. I have a Minus? negative one for perception. <laughs> oh, pretty boy. Sorry. 24. Bertram, you see a, a mark on the wall and you think it's just like one of, the, one of those Virgin Mary marks is like, oh my God. <laughs> In the toast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll say like for each of you are going to uh, notice something different because there are a few things that you could so with this i would say penny since you this whole time have been just on alert seeing you know is is somebody going to show up do we need to get moving even as you were picking the lock you were doing that and so you kind of notice uh just a faint noise that you had kind of noticed before as you were going down the hallway of these cells sticking to the shadows um but it was very far off and it seems to be coming from below you. And so it, it seems to be coming from the floor. And I don't know, would, would you go down to the floor to listen more closely? Would you stay where you are? I don't want to dictate what action you take. Yeah, Penny's standing there and Penny just slowly sinks down and kind of in a cat-like pose puts her ear to the floor. Penny, what right. the hell are you doing? Shh. When someone oh, is trying to listen, you don't talk to them. <laughs> I think put your ear to the ground is just an expression, Penny. Well, Penny, you do that. And from the cell floor, you hear noise that for some reason, your mind categorizes it as if it's preparation. Like sounds that at, from the depths where you are laying, it would have been inaudible to any but the ear of maybe a prisoner who'd been here forever and knows the sounds every little bit, like who could hear the splash of the drop of water that every hour falls from the roof of this dungeon and knows this well but you're picking up on it as well even though you've only been here a short amount of time and it's a deeper rumbling and it kind of sounds mechanical as if things are being moved around uh, but it is coming from below like a deeper part of this Edmund where is the vault located is it is the vault below us no, the, the vault would be up, up to the next level. Hmm. What do you hear? We need, we need to get moving. This, there's something going on down there. It sounds like, I, it sounds like they're prepping for something. We, I, I think they're starting to get moving. I think we need to as well. With your check, Awen, uh, you, you would notice that there is this kind of rasping scratching sound on along the along the wall of the cell that would be the next cell over so the cell that you haven't reached yet and just seems like this feeble scratching and knocking sounds hey hey Russo who's your neighbor over here yeah he just got moved around like they moved me into this cell uh, maybe, maybe like this morning. I don't even know when, what time of day it would be. And I heard that they moved just an old man over next door. I had to kind of carry him in. He was he was not looking too good. You know, a, it, do you know of an old man? Just new new guy. We could go ask him. He's right there. Oh, I guess so. I guess that's a good point. I walk over to the cell door. <laughs> I walk up okay. to the cell door, I peek in with my night vision. My you peek in. 
Yes, with your with your what are your elf eyes see? So yes, with your with your elven eyes, uh, you don't need to do any perception for this. But in the gloom of the cell, you see kind of like huddled against that wall that is adjoining to Crusoe's, uh, just this ragged uh, figure of an older man, and he is feebly trying as, as if he's been trying to get your guys's attention but just like knocking on that and it seems just his emaciated form does not have any more strength than to just try and <laughs> knock on the stone wall which doesn't really go too far with sound you're saying that he's not he's not like, he's incapable of speaking so he's just he's clinging on the wall with a, to trying to communicate you can you can address him. Hey, friend. What? You doing all right? That's horrible. I want to redo. That. I think I think Kenny. <laughs> I, I hold do on, think hold Kenny. He's in a prison. He's in a prison. He's doing beautifully. <laughs> uh, hey, how's she? How are you? Hey, friend. You look like you're half dead in there. What's your name? Penny is standing at the side, just like absolutely like what are you doing we're not supposed to be here maybe he gets like extra soap for if he reports us like what are you doing that's and a you, really good point that's a really good point and both of you are answered with the just the sound of a a, a shaking rattling cough and finally a voice from this bundle of rags my, my name is faria I, I'm more than half dead. I, I'm mostly dead and probably will be all dead by tonight. I look at Faria, I look him up and down, and I look over at Edward Dantes. I look him up and down, and I look back <laughs> at Faria. I just, hmm. <laughs> well, Eddie, uh, your, your boy over here, um, he looking real bad. With my boy? What, what are you talking about? Who's next door? Faria, Abby, Abe, Abebe. And he run. he just like, just quick and light-footed runs over, and I'm going to have him try and get into this cell without even thinking. He's just trying to get in. Good. Barely passes with that 15. Okay, and so he is going to get into that cell, and his hands are shaking, you notice. Uh, and so it takes, it. you know, he's not able to as fluidly as you did this past time, Penny, but he is able to get in, swing it noiselessly inside, and he rushes over to this, this bundle of rags. Um, and so they're, even though they are quietly talking, um, you see... You, you can't make out exactly what they're saying, but you do see tears start to form in uh in Edmund's eyes and who who here would be I know Penny it sounds like you wandered over Awen you wandered over uh Bertram are you over there too watching this love fest yeah sure because we were talking about who was next to the cell and I'm the one who said that he's right there <laughs> so sure. I, like, I, I would like each of you to do an insight for me I just the shot in the movie is a curved door and like Penny peeks through and then and then Awen peeks through and then Bertram peeks through slowly and surely. Natural twenty. Nat one. Unnatural twenty. Okay. And perceptive so, but not insightful. Hey. Can't be everything all the time, you know. Awen and Bertram, you notice that the way that they're talking, there's a reverence about Dantes. And no, this doesn't seem romantic in any way. This, there's no tension in that way. It looks as if it is a, a, almost like a son to his father, right? A, a filial attachment here. Uh, and, you know, you see, you see Faria feebly hand this scrap of paper over to Dantes, who opens it and immediately a scene whatever's on this paper crumples it and you all three of you because your perceptions earlier were high enough you hear him say frailty thy name is mercedes 
and he he crumples the paper in his hand. Um, but then his his attention is drawn back to Abe Faria as he hears more of these racking coughs and the the breathing becomes harsher and harsher, um, as if really what he had wanted to do this whole time, Faria actually, like beyond his wildest dreams, got to see his old mentee, his old friend. Um, and at seeing this, his body's strength is starting to give away. And so the last, um, Bertram and Awen this time, the last the two of you here um, is saying, Dantes, please take this. Use it for good. Do not fall into the same depths that she did. And as he goes limp, Dantes yells out in agony, No! I'm sorry, my old friend. I cannot. I will surely use this for revenge. And wiping his tears dry, you see a change come over his face as if a mask is being put on. And the three of you see it, it's just as if like the, the twisted features of suffering and pain and sadness solidify into a smoother mask of set resolve. And he rises, pockets that paper, and turns to you. We have work to do. We cannot let any others stay here. We must destroy the Pharaoh. Are you with me? Oh, yeah. Penny raises her hand and says, Edmund, since we're a, we're a team here, and Teams work together. Teams, teams share information. What, what was on that paper that you just got that clearly changed a lot of how you're viewing everything? I think that'd be really good for us to know. What difference does it make? It is the name and last words of someone that I thought I knew and loved. M- Mercedes? He responds in that and sets his jaw. And walks out. I would, I, if he's if he's laying down or however he's positioned. W- was he on the ground when he died, or was he on the bed? He was like huddled against the wall, like on the ground. It's as I if think, like he heard the voices next door and recognized one of them, mm. and was like feebly trying to get your attention. It worked. I think, yeah, just for, just for some kind of symbol of dignity. I think I would I would lay the the man's body on like the bed and put like a, a sheet over his over his head and then walk up to Edmund and say he's free now. Let's go free the others. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Hey there, it's me, Kate, your master teacher. I'm here kind of at the halfway point to say, first of all, thank you for listening. We are excited you're here. We are happy you're here. Uh, And I would also like to invite you to reach out to us. You can contact us through email. Our email is omamamshow at gmail.com. You can also contact us on Twitter. Our handle is at omamamshow. And on both of those avenues, you can reach out to us just to say, hey, but you can also give us suggestions, suggestions for new contents, suggestions for character ideas, even suggestions for classic literature that you have heard from all different walks of life, all different cultures that we can feature on our show, as long as it is in public domain. So this can be ideas from poetry, it could be from short stories, it could even be from novellas and long-form novels. Really, there are so many options for you, and you can help me out and give me even a greater plethora of ideas for stories to pull from. Just to close this out, I would like to invite you to also leave us a review and rating for our show. By doing that, it actually allows more and more people to find out about us, which is super helpful because otherwise we would continue to go under the radar. But by leaving us a review or even just a quick rating, 
it gives us a leg up that we would greatly appreciate from you. So I hope you're enjoying the story so far. Let's get back to it. So the one, two, three, how many of you are there? So I have like seven, I six. have, yeah, a there's three, the three of you five, and then my three prisoners and three of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have, yeah, two prisoners and four of us. Valentine, well, we have Valentine that's with and you this Crusoe. whole time. Are we counting Edmund as a prisoner? Oh, I'm sorry. Free? No, he's not a prisoner. You're he's right. He's a free right. man. Come on, right. Adam. I was thinking someone who knows the prison, like the guide in the prison. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. So Edmund will definitely be taking the lead on this one, and then Valentine will be kind of, as the three of you start to like turn to follow Edmund, Valentine rushes in and just kind of helps Crusoe, and you kind of notice that for all his earlier bravado, he does seem pretty beat up, and so she, you know, supports his weight partially, and as they pass through the doorway, and you see like a little bit more of him in the in the torchlight you see that yes he he has had a number done on him and you see more of like what he looks like and so to describe him fully to paint you a little picture that you now see him in this torchlight um he's he's like this athletic gigantic i mean he's he's very tall i would say he's he's about he's probably 66 um but he is just this Large guy. I, I kind of imagine him like Tormund Giants Bane from Gi- Game of Thrones. Uh, and that's the red, that the redhead guy? That the redhead guy? Mm-hmm. This is Crusoe. Yeah. yeah, the redheaded guy, the, the, the wildling. The, Wait, how tall is Bertram again? Uh, well, he, was, he started off as seven foot, and now he's about six, nine. All right. Is he noticing? <laughs> <laughs> he always notices and appreciates height, amongst others. <laughs> Though he still feels proud that he's taller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but he's kind of bent over a little bit. Uh, and, but you notice he has large steel-colored eyes, thick lips that reveal, as he's talking, a broken front tooth um, and a flat nose. His braided red hair falls in disheveled masses like snakes around his shoulders. And a heart tattoo on his chest peeks out from his shirt where the buttons have been ripped away, as if it's just been, he's been manhandled. And he is limping, but not complaining. Did you say, is he a human? Yes, he's a human. And so as you guys start to, I'm going to, once again, ask each of you to, uh, I'm going to ask each of you to do a stealth check because you made it here, but to make it back, you have to pass through and all these cells once more. What got you here won't get you there. I got a 13. 19. 19. Dang. Twinsies. Okay. I gotta do for the others. Ooh, 19 again. Triplets. Ooh, nat 20. Good job, Valentine. Okay. So, yes, you guys all pass this. Um, and as you're, you're going past the very last cell... On so kind of like the corner of these before it opens up into like a larger hallway. Penny, you hear a familiar voice. And you hear this voice saying, If only I had left that Fagin when I had the chance. Yeah, Penny just like freezes fully. Knows the voice, can't quite place it yet. Obviously knows who Fagin is, so immediately freezes. Where am I in relation to the voice? You are, it's kind of like the voice is now, you've passed by this cell, so it's just over your left shoulder, but you are, gosh, you're about like eight feet away. Got it. Penny sees the others continue to move forward, I assume. The others are still going. Mm-hmm. All right. Penny just kind of stop, slows, stops. 
and slowly backs up and very quietly and very sneakily it's not pulling an a went not just not just sticking her head into a, a hole of the door slowly sneaks over and tries to get a very sneaky peek i need you to do another check 15 so as you sneak over to this cell you see in the gloom uh a familiar form, a form that you had known for a long time as a child. Uh, you see a, a young half-orc um, sitting there on the bed, kind of bent over looking at his hands. Um, and you recognize this individual as Charlie Bates, uh, another one of the children you had grown up with, trained to steal and to sneak and to really run whatever schemes that you guys were told to. I see Charlie immediately, you know that thing like teenage girls do in like high school, not teenage, but like high school movies where they look in and they go back against a wall. Mm. That's uh-huh. what Penny does. Penny goes back against the wall for a minute and kind of trying to breathe. It's just that feeling. It's like when you see, when you are um, like 29 years old at a Target and then you see your math teacher from ninth grade, it's that feeling where you're just like, that's a world I've even thought about and I've been trying to be away from and I didn't expect it here in a target. So that's how Penny feels, but in a magical way. Um, so Penny is taking a moment, breathing, um, trying to understand uh, what to do. She's immediately conflicted because that's a part of her history she really didn't want coming out, especially in this way, especially right now, uh, especially in front of Edmund. But she also likes Charlie. Uh, enough and no one no one deserves to be here um um so penny penny picks up a stone and throws it at the back of awen's head and says Psst, god darn Psst. it it's not that big it was a pebble i overreact <laughs> I, get <laughs> I startle easily new character trait penny what you doing penny hey, get get over here what are you doing penny while this is going down Penny, can you make a wisdom check for me? Oh, no. All these checks. What's going to oh, no. happen? I don't have a lot of wisdom. Is too. everybody going to get a person from their past? <laughs> I know. I was going to make a joke about that. Like It's like a whole a hall of like memories in here. It's like collecting. Eight. Eight? Yes, yeah, so I'm not wise. Never been. <laughs> or insightful. You notice no. that, that <laughs> this, this kind of blast from your past, but just seeing Charlie there and hearing the name Fagan, is once again kind of causing you to to panic oh, a bit. And I want to say that the you you look down and you notice the tips of your fingers are starting to turn magenta. So Penny Penny Meatly just like tries to look super casual hands you know kind of like back to the future like just hands behind I'm sorry I'm making so many analogies tonight. Hands behind it. the back. Um, sees him after throwing that she throws that stone, sees them, and she's like, shit. Hands behind her back, standing there. Um, you know, trying to look calm and casual, not feeling it, starting to breathe a little heavily. Ow, Penny, what the hell's wrong with you? I startle easy. Get over here. Get over here. I need to talk I, to you. I'm Get right here. I'm right next to you. You can talk to me right now. I'm here. Um and then where's Bertram? Bertram's still walking, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. It'd be fun to be there, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, she grabs another stone, grabs another stone, because she trusts you too. She doesn't trust anyone else. Grabs another stone and kind of hurls it, trying not to show her hand, but kind of chucks it over. Wait, for this? For this? Oh, no. Roll decks for me. You're throwing oh. a stone at someone made of metal. That's going to go <laughs> ping. Like, it's, it's going to be that's, louder. That's really fair. Um, not 20. I'm very good. Oh! Okay. Yeah. You find you, it hits like the hits corner the of his collar. Like, yeah, where the flowers are. So it like, it, it dulls the thud, but enough to and make I, it. And I, I see a little dust now and dirt on my beautiful <laughs> new garment and I brush it off and I turn over and I, I don't think I say anything. So we're trying to keep, I think I'm far enough away now where talking would be really loud. So I think I just kind of look over and watch the other three kind of maybe talking amongst themselves about a plan of where they want to go. And I'll just kind of move over to my, to my friends. All right. What are you, what are you so, doing? Oh, guys, we need a team meeting. Team meeting. Yes. We're all, we're Great. All, here. all right. 
leader. Where I, are you guys? Are you are you still? We're just, next. We'll st- we're next to it, but we're whispering. But like we're like a foot or two away from the door, in between the two doors for the two cells. I look over at uh at, to the cell I'm probably next to, and there's a guy just like standing there looking at me. I'm like, excuse <laughs> me, did you? Hey, this isn't for you, sir. I'm sorry. Scary away there. Okay. Scary yes. Yes. Away. What? What do you? What do you? What are we doing? What do you need? All right. There is someone in that cell that I know from my past, and what? I don't know what to do about it. Sh- I should leave him, right? We're just gonna leave him, and we're gonna go. Yeah. Whoa. That was great. Good. Good team play. Is that Pete. what you do with your friends? Was it a friend? Was it an enemy? Kinda. I mean, it's a little comp. Frenemy is probably the best word for it. He was my friend, but it was a bad situation. So we all had to kind of fend for ourselves. And I really don't want to. I really, I didn't really want to deal with this right now. But also everyone's getting murdered in here. So I don't know if I should leave him. And I, we have so many people. We, we, we have so picked up a few people. people. What? I mean, we are. It sounds like we're on our way to free potentially everyone. So... That might so we solve just leave your him problem. And he'll get with everyone else. But we don't just you him, want right? to talk to your friend? Whoa, they whoa, might I don't know what be kind of afraid. You have. They might. Well, I think I'm looking at my two friends, and I'm pretty sure that you and I are frenemies as well. And would you leave me alone <laughs> like that? I don't know. No, that's different. You you don't understand. I it was it was a hard life. It was a hard knock life, to be honest. It wasn't easy. It wasn't like this. Everyone's nice here. We've all got each other's backs. It was. It's really rough out there. Penny, okay. Penny, <sighs> Penny. Awen, Awen grabs Penny's shoulders and like mm-hmm. doesn't shake her, but just yes, because that'd be dangerous. That's right. <laughs> Penny, if you leave them here, you're gonna be able to sleep at night. I don't sleep well anyway, so might as well just try to get one thing off the list. She turns around and she kind of pokes her head into the opening of the door and says, "Charlie, Charlie, what?" <laughs> Zero. Is that you, isn't it? Just, uh, come on. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I just knew this was going to be the worst. Charlie, we are here trying to help some people. Do you need help? Of course I need help. What, what does it look like? What are you doing here, Zero? What are you still looking like that? All right, let's, okay. Charlie, let's not talk about the past. I go by Penny. Go with it. I'll explain later. Just, <clears throat> and then she just pulls out her, get, you behave, behave. And then as just soon as you little, pull that out, the guy who was in the next cell, uh, who was just staring at Bertram. <laughs> you did this, Adam. I love it. He's like you, grabbing you at him. my clothes. <laughs> it's Bertram's dad. Hey, <laughs> there's some guys out here. Hey, everybody, there's guys out here. Hey, let us out. I think I would, yeah, I would reach through and I would, because he's like, grab, he's like touching my flowers and my clothes and now he's yelling out and being obnoxious and rude. And so, yeah, I, when he's, once he starts yelling, I reach through and I grab onto his shirt uh, and then I yank him towards the bars so his face smacks in like hard against the bars so he knocks out, hopefully. You do that. You grasp him by just the front of his shirt and slam him against the, <laughs> the, the jail cell bars and he just crumples to the ground and the sound abruptly stops. But as soon as that does, you notice that other sounds are picking up from other jail cells that, you know, other prison cells that were hearing this, just questions and exclamations and other voices adding to a, a cacophony that is, is building and hearing footsteps coming, you know, from the direction of, of the rest of your party, you see Edmund hurrying over. We have to get going. They have started to make too much noise. I, I don't know what the three of you are doing, but we have to get out of here. If we stay around any longer, the beholders are going to show up. Hey, if you want our help, you got to help us get this, this fella out of here. And the only way to do that is to destroy the Pharaon. If we stay around here, nobody's getting out. It's like, we need to go now. Okay, all right, everyone, t- everyone in, team meeting, break, Lita, Lita out. And I start, and I start following. Oh, whoa, all right. But Penny, Penny was Penny able to get the door open in that time? Because no. I, I started to- you were You were in the middle of it, but you do, like, why don't you do a perception check for me, Penny? 
18. Yeah, with that check, you notice that, yes, down the hall that you originally came where the forges are and the security checkpoints, that there are, there are rumblings there, just like these, the same noises that you had noticed now placing before of these death kiss beholders, just the, the, the kind of just like rubbing against the walls and the, the cackling sounds and, and the gargling breathing, right? Because you won't hear footsteps with them. They float. Uh, but you do, they do um, float in, a, in such a way that it is just bumping against, especially if they're investigating what's going on. Yeah. All right. So Penny jumps up. She's so small, she can kind of get her head between the bars and the window. Just goes like, okay, Charlie, be cool, okay? We're, we're going to work on this. We're gonna, just like, be cool. I'll be back for you. We'll figure this out. Just like, oh my God, just be cool, okay? Oh, Chill. Zero, you know what I think of you. No, I don't want, not now. And then she just runs away. I'll be right here. Right where you left me. This is fair. This is, I'm getting real um, old Greg vibes. <laughs> I'm old Greg. <laughs> Do you love me? I'm <laughs> playing love games with me. So you start to follow after Dantes and you see he's leading you through this hallway to the end where it branches off. And on one side is this open arcing doorway. And so... As you pass through this, you see that it is a, a, not a staircase, but a ramp, and it spirals upward, um, ascending into altogether a different type of architecture. Um, what before was very dank and not well kept and kind of like wet stone and all that, just really in a state of disrepair, you notice that the architecture uh, cleans itself up and, and looks kind of a little bit more grand and you see a mix of sandstone in there and other other kind of decorative pieces before um, and it shares really an exquisite work of stone masonry um, that you have seen in other grander places with hollowed out corridors that are considerably older and made of a much darker colder stone though um, than you had been experiencing on the first level as you follow this ramp up it stops at a door and the door to this room um is it looks simple enough made out of stone stone door mm-hmm. damn why don't the three of you do a perception check for me i'm terrible at perception that's a three not 20 oh it's 11 for me i told you perceptive dang so penny you kind of get there last, um, but you notice like everybody's kind of staring at this door and you even see that Edmund has tried the door and it, it is locked, right? It is not moving. Above the door, Penny, you notice there's, there's a language there and you've never seen this language before. In, in all your dealings in city life and everything, you've, you've never come across this, um, but you see that there are words in this language carved into the stonework. and. Two on either side of the doorway, there are two bowls, kind of like an offering bowl. Think of like when you go into like a um, like a, a Catholic church, and you know you have that the holy water there that they like bless themselves with. Like those two, like just shallow bowls on either side of the doorway, carved into the wall, um, with other of these words in the same language above it. Um, so you notice these words carved into the wall, but no one else seems to. Hmm. Did you say? Did you say what the words are, or did did she know what the words are? I did not. Okay. Penny does not. Penny just pushes her way. She kind of shoulders her way through the front and kind of looks at it and goes like, "Can anyone read this?" And all all of your eyes are drawn there. And Bertram, you know this language. This is draconic. I know that as well. Oh, you know this language. Great. So I would say there there are three members in this group that know this. Bertram knows this. Awen, you know draconic. And so does Edmund. And so the three of you would be able to read it. And so you see above the door in this draconic, it reads, answer true, both left and right, else feel Seth's might. Seth, S-E-T-H-S? S-S-E-T-H-S. Edmund decides, like, of course. Seth is, it is the deity that, that most of my people worship. He's a devious, snake-like god. Oh, because this, got it. Is this something to do with your deity? What Answer true both left and right. What, 
Is that this was? I mean, it only tells me that perhaps people of the same cultural background that I am made this. This is all it tells me. But you'll notice there are two riddles, and you you can read them as well. So as I said, there were also inscriptions in Draconic that were above each of the bowls. So above the left bowl, I can be touched, but I hurt those who touch me. I move swiftly through a dry forest, but die in a mountain stream. Where I pass, I leave a black shroud. Is it fire? Oh, yeah. It sounds like fire. And on the right, you see the second riddle, which reads, Devils and rogues know nothing else save starlight. Nighttime? Darkness? The devils and... Or is it water? Because it's pirates. I don't know. Dirt and shabby clothes? I mean, you're you're a rogue, right, Penelope? Uh, Let's let's, let's have more descriptions of Penelope, perhaps. Uh, Short and stubborn. Um... (laughs) Penny doesn't look, smart she just like knocks against his metal. Mouse friend. Valentine leans into you, Bertram, and says, Do you know, sir, that you're improving? Generally, this whole time, you've been rude, but right now, you're brutal. Mad props to you. Brutal? No, I'm just being honest, and I'm just trying to read the situation. That's what every real housewife says. Exactly. Who, who, sa- who said this to me? Edmund? Valentine. Valentine? And she appreciates that I'm kind of being a dick? She, she's just like, whoa. Like, hats off to just how brutal that was. Like, wow. Kind of just, yeah, th- not admiration, but just impressed. Like, whoa, that is, <laughs> that is sass. Gotcha. And I think, yeah, honestly, Bertram wouldn't think he's being rude. He, he thought he was just trying to be observant. But that idea of kind of like that you just you speak the truth so bluntly, honestly, that you don't think about people's feelings. I think he was kind of answering that way. (laughs) Penny just rolls her eyes and says, the left one seems to be fire or lava, but I highly doubt we can get lava into this bowl. So do we need to put the right one that thing into the bowl? I imagine that's how you pass is that you put the thing in the bowl. Otherwise, why is there a bowl? That's a good point. I was wondering how you answer a riddle with a physical object, but that makes sense. One's fire. What's on the right? And then what's the top say again, Kate? I'm so sorry. Answer truthful, both the right and the left. Or else feel Seth's Seth's wrath. Mm -hmm. What what does it mean when it says save starlight? Does that mean accept starlight? Yeah. Exactly. So devils and rogues know nothing else except starlight? Maybe dark, yeah, so darkness, but you can't put darkness in a bowl. You can't put nighttime. Is it fire again? Because that's the only way they see things. They don't see, get, they don't have the sun. They just have. S- Maybe it's blood. Hmm. Edmund, what do you think? We don't have much time, so maybe okay. we try the first one. That seems the strongest. Let's try and put some fire into the left bowl. I think I take, I take my jug of oil that I grabbed, and I want to pour a little oil into the left one mm-hmm. and, and use a tinderbox to light it on fire. So, so it's like a, like a torch almost kind of. As soon as you do that, as soon as it lights on fire, you hear a single click in the door. Is the second one alcohol? It, what would that have to do with... Is this what do you drink a lot? I'm, I mean, I was, raised, I was raised in the city, Edmund, so I'm pretty, I'm, uh, you know, consider myself very uh, savvy, urban and savvy. So there's, there's drinking culture, you know, we all participate in. But devils and rogues, again, I'm, I'm a rogue, but I'm not like a rogue. I'm like a good rogue. Mm-hmm. This isn't talking about, thank you, Awen, that might have been sarcastic, but I'll take it. Um, As in you're good at it? As like a good, I'm a you're good, exceptional. I, you're able. You are. I don't like. I don't want to argue with that because that's very nice as well. I am good at it, but I'm also a good person. Well, what are what are rogues known for? Um, like what, what do they do? I mean, is it money? Uh, is it a coin stealing. we could put in there? And and but, but what does that coins? have to do with devils? 
Devil. Is it fire well, greed, again? Because devils greed like is it. A, it's a sin. Fire doesn't go with star life. Is it? Is it loneliness? Um, how do you put loneliness into a bowl? That's true. If it were loneliness, that tears, would be empty tears. And you put tears. tears in a bowl. Ooh, maybe it is tears. <laughs> I like tears. Sad, I like so lonely. That could be good. I, I, Blood. I I like the idea. But of what money. does it have to do with starlight? Mm. Save starlight. That means that they're out in the night. Maybe they're cold. They gotta. They need a flat. Put a blanket in there, perhaps. Put a sweater in there. Yeah. Fire. Why don't you three do an intelligence check for me? Oh. And this is where where you as your as your DM, and this is always like me for anyone listening. But you know, whenever you're stuck and you come up against a riddle, you can always ask to do checks. So, for example, a great one would be history or intelligence. So I got a one. Twenty-one. Christmas. Oh my god. All right. This is Bertram's moment Here to shine. Here comes Bertram. Yes. I've been waiting for this moment. Bertram, <laughs> perhaps we can say, you know, one of the books that you love to read, um, you know, in, in your spare time was full of riddles and logic questions and, and, you know, things that would put this. And you see this as a riddle of opposites, a riddle of balance. And so you're looking for a balance to this fire. But also, what could balance fire that a devil and a rogue would have in common? And consider the nature of starlight. I, I recount everything you said about remembering something like this from a book and how it has, might have to do something with like opposites and the importance of starlight and everything you just said. The, the opposite I would think of fire would be water. Water, but I don't ice. know what water has to do with starlight. Starlight. Hmm. What was it you said, Kate? You said think about the properties of starlight. Well, if, yeah, think of the properties of starlight, but also just of what do rogues rely on? What do many times, many iterations of devils and demons rely on in the stories? I mean, ro- I mean. Uh- on night, right? I mean, I just go back to night. You guys are doing great. I like how like you're verbally processing this, but do it in character. Well, I mean, you and can that'll... use like a cloak to like put out a fire, like particularly because you, guys... you just started an oil fire, so water would not be the way to stop it. Right. What does that have to do with starlight? It. I'm not, I'm not understanding what that has to do with the devil, or with devils, and starlight. I mean. Penelope, what do you, of, as a rogue, what do you, day in and day out, what did you rely on? What, what would well, you say compares or, or is equivalent well, between Well, every day I'd wake up, devils? smack some of the other kids in the head, we'd get ready, brush my teeth with whatever stick I had that day, oh, um, hit the streets, oh kind of look out, try to feed the cat down the street because no one was taking care of him. And sort of pickpocket in the morning and then, uh, then a light lunch. Um, is Why this would helpful? You- why would you pickpocket? What was the? What was the? Sounds I mean, like you already had everything. You want to make money, but money for what? To buy more sticks for you to brush your teeth with? What are you? What <laughs> no. were you doing using with that money? This wasn't a good group. We all pulled in the money together, and Fagan took care of it. But that wasn't a really great situation. Mm. I really never saw much of it. He said he was saving it for us, but I never mm. saw it except the few bits that I kind of kept on myself. So buy little bits of food here and there. Um, they don't think this is helping us solve the riddle, don't, but I could I mean, keep describing okay, my day. Okay, wait, wait. Don't the devils come out at night and the rogues come out at night and because of the starlight, they're going to see, but there's no fires because it's out because they don't want to get caught up with the smoke and all that stuff. So I like it. I just don't know. I mean, I mean, that, that would make sense, I guess, in a way about the opposite of fire, which fire gives off light. I just do not know what the devil we put into this bowl that is darkness. You could cover up a flame with a bushel basket. Or like dirt. How can we... I like where you're going with this. And Penny, every time you mention this Fagin character, everything I've heard of him, he sounds horrible. If Penny and I as rogues rely on the darkness, how can we make darkness in this bowl without magic? Just cover it up. Put your hand over it. Ewen, would you do the honors? Go ahead. I, do you think I should use my hand or just like a, like a piece of cloth? 
probably a, a cloth. It cloth. Would, that way anything doesn't happen to your hand if, if something is wrong. I, I pull out a handkerchief Sounds and smart. I put the handkerchief on top of the... Anyone has a handkerchief? I love this. Oh yeah, he's got like 8,000 pockets. Is it white or is it black? Because white's going to let light in. That's not going to create darkness. It's green? Okay. All right. All right, it's a dark green. So as you take this forest green handkerchief and it covers this bowl completely, you hear a second click. And the wall starts to slide back and the doorway opens. And now you are on the precipice and threshold of getting exactly what you came for. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Were you accused of a murder enacted by supernatural forces beyond your control? Yeah. Are you seeking a multi-figure gold settlement for damages to your business? Yes. Are you a young entrepreneur seeking justice for the murder of a family member that would be here if you were better at your job? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Thomas Phelps. I am the attorney, along with my assistants, of Phelps, Oz, Mogbile, and Felcher, and we want to help you get justice. Our expert legal services are available for a modest fee. But not too modest, I got a family to feed. As a bot, I don't eat, but I do have a hunger. A hunger for justice. And that hunger drives us to work for you, future client. From investigation to sentencing, we've got you covered for everything from public urination. Oh, yeah. To murder in varying degrees. Don't look at me. The attorneys of Phelps, Oz, Mogbile, and Felcher care about families. That's why they work quickly to help get this daddy off. I was blown away. My business was in trouble after an unfortunate case of property damage. But the attorneys of Phelps, Oz, Mogbile, and Felcher helped set things right with a hefty gold settlement. So come on down to the law offices of Phelps, Oz, Mogbile, and Felcher. Located in the old Biscayne Boys building in Eastern Orgea. Just follow the podcast highway signs for Dungeons and Drimbus and take the season three exit. The attorneys of Phelps, Oz, Mogbio, and Felcher are not responsible nor liable for any of the following that may be incurred while working on your case. Sudden death, loss of limb, heartbreak, the use of magic to secure evidence, the wrath of an interdimensional being, urinary bladder infection, nausea, depression, the sudden desire to remove one's clothing, the illicit romance of a will-they-won't-they-workplace scenario, or complete and utter disregard for the natural laws of space and time. Join your favorite fantasy attorneys for their next case. Dungeons and Drimbus publishes every Friday wherever podcasts are found.